Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. The East Village Times Podcast is sponsored by Original Grain Watches. Uh, for a limited time, they're offering a promotion code for us, for all of our listeners. Uh, EVT15 is the promotional code, and that will give, give you 15% off uh, their entire uh, inventory. So check it out, originalgrain.com is the site. Uh, they make some beautiful watches, local company based out of San Diego. Uh, check them out. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope X prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, Lottie Dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing this uh, this afternoon? You know, just just trying to not die of heat, as uh, most people in San Diego are over the last few days. It's a heat wave here where I'm at, and it's it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, no, we we are definitely big babies in California when it comes to the heat, and uh, we both Patrick and I are definitely complaining about uh, about sweating on a on a what is this Wednesday afternoon? Yeah, um, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Padres, the Padres currently uh, are kind of stuck in limbo. I don't know. We're, we're we had a discussion yesterday, Patrick and I, about the the tank situation, trying to figure out whether or not this team wants a top selection or not. They kind of, uh, you know, it's tough to lose every game. Um, Manuel Margot had an impressive game last night. Let's let's talk a little bit about the game last night and the fact that this team is is still so, showing some signs of, of productivity. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a bummer that, that they beat the Giants. I mean, as, as weird as that sounds to say, like, that I don't want them yeah. to beat the Giants, but it's like this was a perfect, like, tanking series. I mean, the Giants are still, I think – at least three or four games ahead of the Padres in terms of being awful. I think they're, which, yeah, I think yeah. they're six now. Weren't they five going into to yeah, yesterday? I think that's right. Yeah, so if you had the Giants uh, below the Padres before the season, I think you're some sort of um, seer or something. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's good to see the guys play well. I mean, yeah, it's good to see guys like Margot hitting and Corey Spangenberg continuing to hit. So it's obviously good to see that development. But at the same time, you just, man, you wish the bullpen would just blow it once or twice, you know, just, just – Take yeah. as many as you can, but um, <laughs> it, it's good to see the development. Um, I, I won't complain too much about it. <laughs> For sure. I mean, you look at the game Margot last night and, and, and the tools that he's flashing, and it's it's pretty exciting to, to witness that firsthand. And uh, Speaking of tools, uh, today's podcast is going to be tool-related. We're going to be going over the Padre minor league system and talking about the best tools uh, for the Padres and, and what they have. Um, and we are happy to be joined with... Uh, Kyle Glazer is here with us from uh, Baseball America, and uh, he has definitely a great amount of knowledge of the Padre Farm system, so it's going to be fun to, to talk his ear off as well. Kyle, how are you doing this uh, this afternoon? Doing all right. Just looking forward to talking some uh, Padres baseball with you fine folks. For sure. Uh, Padres minor league system is definitely on upswing. Uh, give me a little bit about, you know, is there any buzz going on in Baseball America about uh, about the team and, and about, uh, in particular, the the youth in the farm system. I'm sure Tatis is uh, is a hot uh, commodity to talk about. 
Well, I mean, J.J. Cooper just wrote an article detailing 10 prospects who have taken a big leap forward this year. Michelle Baez and Fernando Tatis were two of them. Uh, I had the nice. article when Fernando Tatis came out and became the first 18-year-old to ever go 20-20 in the Midwest League. So, yeah, I mean, look, the Padres were already a top-10 farm system coming into this year. We've seen a lot of players develop further. And on top of that, you add a premier talent like Mackenzie Gore in the draft. This is a system that's going to keep rising, and uh, we did an updated organizational rankings, uh, right? And we had them fourth behind the uh, the Braves, the White Sox, the Phillies, and, and the Padres right there. Obviously, there will be some more moves uh, in the offseason. We'll see where everything shakes out. But the Padres, you know, a combination of a lot of the guys already in the system taking steps forward, progressing up into the upper minors of the level, uh, upper levels in the minors, I should say. You add in some good draft picks. This has become a very good system, both in terms of depth and high upside talent. Yeah, and and I like to emphasize that they're really young too, because I think uh, a lot of people expect this team to eventually maybe get into the top uh, one or two uh, farm systems, just because the the majority of their talent is uh, seventeen to twenty two years old, and and it hasn't even reached the AAA level yet. So I think it's uh, it's pretty exciting for Padre fans to to think about the future of this team. Look, there is, but there also is some developed talent. You know, last year the Padres really just had a bunch of low A wild cards. Now you've got guys in Double A performing: Cal Quantrill, mm-hmm. Joey Lucchese, Eric Lauer. Naylor's up in Double A. You have Luis Urias there. So, and even Franchi Cordero, he's a real prospect. He's in Triple A. Yes. That's an absolute major league piece. So, I just think the Padres system is is much more advanced than it was at this time last year. And as such, it's a better system. You know, I think it's very easy for people to dream and get super excited about the crop of 17-year-olds in the AZL, the truth of the matter is, no matter what those guys signed for, where they were drafted, more than half of them are going to flame out, will never sniff the major leagues. At the end of the day, having developed, you know, polished talent in the upper minors is much more valuable than having just a group of 17-year-olds. But it's good to have all of it. You want to have it all, and the Padres have it all, and I think that's what makes them a better system than most other teams that have one or the other. Definitely. I think that's the sad reality that I think a lot of Padre fans don't really realize is that, uh, you know, all these these prospects and these names are, are wonderful and we're all following them religiously. But there's there's a, a potential that a lot of these guys are going to flame out and not even possibly even reach the major leagues. And it, it's it's sad to when you think about it. But when you look at the overall depth of this team, it, it's it's exciting because a couple of them got to slip through the cracks and, and be uh well, it's, it's, it's strength in numbers, right? You bring in yes, a lot of guys yes. who are you know high upside, and even if only four or five of them click, that's four or five potential franchise cornerstones, and that's yes. a great place to start. So, the Potters are, are you know they've got numbers, they've developed well, and it's important. It's not just about acquiring them; it's about developing them. And we've seen a lot of the key guys progress up from high A to double A now and do so successfully which is a testament to the development staff. That was another shortcoming the Padres uh, really had for many years. When people talked about all the blown first-round draft picks, their development staff and their coaching staff was not doing a very good job preparing these players. Now you're seeing sort of a combined effort. The acquisition uh, side of things has been very, very strong. There's been a lot more resources poured into it and a lot of very good hires in terms of talent evaluators. Now, on top of that, they've really brought in some good coaches who have a lot of experience and really understand what it takes to make kids major leaguers. You look at a guy like Edwin Rodriguez and Lake Elsinore, their high end manager is a guy who coached in the major, who managed in the majors and just managing you know, on Puerto Rico's World Baseball Classic team and has gotten a lot of guys to the majors under his watch. They're bringing in guys who know what it takes and know what the kids need to be taught. And that, in as much as the talent themselves, uh, the talented players themselves, has helped make this Padres farm system one of the game's best. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. Um, let's get into some some prospects. Uh, Patrick, you want to take the lead on this and uh, guide us into, uh, you know, where, where where exactly you want to go about as far as tools. Yeah, so I, I wanted to just briefly before we get to our tools discussion, uh, I want to talk about the Arizona Fall League uh, rosters. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rosters were announced uh, just yesterday. Um, the Peora, I don't know if it's Javelinas or Javelinas. P- Peoria Javelinas. Uh, Javelinas, it depends, okay. depends if you want to say it the gringo way or the right way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to probably say it the gringo way, the Javelinas. <laughs> so uh, the six, or sorry, seven Padres were uh, announced as uh, part of that uh, roster. I just wanted to kind of briefly run down a few names. Um, obviously, we've talked at length about Luis Arias, uh, Javier Guerra, Josh Naylor. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of other guys, maybe don't get as much attention. Uh, let's start with uh, TJ Weir. He currently pitches for the missions uh, he'll be on the roster any any thoughts on him Kyle yeah you know what there's one it's one of the things very rarely do top pitching prospects get sent out to the Arizona Fall League just because so many of them are on innings limits mm-hmm. look through all the rosters you know outside of Mitch Keller there's not a lot of the top pitching prospects in baseball but you look last year you saw guys like Phil Maton Brad Wick go to the Fall League really really excel well they're already on the map they really cemented themselves as guys that hey we're not just good for whatever league we're in. We can get out some of the top prospects in baseball. So you look at a guy like TJ Weir and say, hey, you know, is this a guy that is going to be on the prospect map and, you know, getting a lot of love? No, but the Arizona Fall League for some guys, you know, the top prospects, it's further your skills get better. But for, you know, 60% of the other guys who are not top prospects, it's just about show us what you can do against the best young talent in the game. So for a guy like TJ Weir, this is a great opportunity, and you know him and David Bednar and some of these other guys. That's really what this is. It's an opportunity to show that they can compete and pitch against some of the most talented uh, prospects in baseball. Uh, what are your thoughts on Walker Lockett? I know he's only pitched, I think, just over sixty innings this year. He's had some injury problems, uh, struggled a bit in AAA. Um, what are your thoughts on him going into uh, the Arizona Fall League? Well, he was a guy that was in line to uh, get some innings for the Padres this year. Obviously, it didn't work out, but. Again, so the Arizona Fall League is a mix of guys who are super top prospects that want some more polish, a mix of other guys where they say, hey, you know, just go get, you know, prove something. And then the final step is is the group of guys who were injured and they're just trying to get them some more innings or at bats. We see that with a lot of guys uh, across the league Kyle Lewis, Lourdes Gurriel, TJ Zoich, guys like that who, for whatever reason, have, have missed a lot of time. And. You know, you just hope they come back healthy and Lockett's in that same group. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, has some big league caliber stuff, you know, not to be a guy you stick in your rotation for the next 10 years, but come up and help, especially given some of the arms the Potters have thrown out there this year. You just hope he can go out and kind of, you know, shake off some of the rust and stay healthy and see what he can do. I mean, I think people try and dive way too deep into the fall league. You know, fans dive way more into it than even the baseball personnel people we talk about it really as as simple as hey so-and-so was hurt or so-and-so didn't have the type of season we wanted them to let's throw them out there see if we can work on some things and see what happens i mean the fall league in a lot of ways is very much a roll of the dice for a lot of these players and just a chance to show what they've got mm-hmm, definitely uh last guy i want to touch on was andres munoz um he's kind of got attention for being an 18 year old who can throw 100 over 100 miles an hour um he was just <laughs> promoted from uh, Tri-City to Fort Wayne he's yep. he's sported a 15% walk rate on the year which which isn't really great but his 34% strikeout rate kind of counteracts that a bit I wanted your thoughts on him kind of what you've heard about him within the industry 
He's one of many, many, many players, uh, particularly from Latin America, who throw really, really hard and don't yet know where it's going. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's and again that it's another guy. You know, he's going to be the youngest guy in the fall league, at least with the rosters that were released yesterday. There's still some TBA spots to be filled, but he's the youngest guy sent to the fall league by over a year. You know, Ronald Acuna, the Braves superstar prospect, is about 13 months older. That's the next closest guy. You know, sending Munoz to the fall league was definitely aggressive. Um, he's again extraordinarily young. He's only 18. He's going to stay 18 through the rest of this year. But again, you know what? Just throw him out there against some older prospects, see how the stuff plays, see if it's a situation where you can fine-tune some things and you know, get him in the right frame of mind to throw more strikes on a consistent basis and just see what happens. Again, Andres Munoz is not going to go to the Fall League, crush it, and then you know, zoom up to the system and be in the majors next year. That's not what's <laughs> going to happen. But you know, he's a hard thrower, and he's definitely opened some eyes dating back to last year in Arizona. And just see how it goes. I mean, he's going to be facing the best hitters he's ever faced. I mean, you know, doing what you do in AZL and Tri-Cities, and even he'll get this little taste of Fort Wayne. Fall League's full of guys in AA and AAA who will be in the majors next year. It's going to be a new challenge for him. And again, just kind of throw him out there, see how he responds, and, you know, give it a shot. Yeah, I kind of like the sink or swim idea. Just throw him out there and, and see what he's got and see if he can improve on um, the good things he's done and maybe fix some of the issues he's had so far. Um, all right, so let's get right into our uh, tools uh, talk. So I wanted to kind of run down the, the Padres minor league system and just pick out the player with the best tool uh, each regard. Uh, let's start right from the top. Uh, who do you think the best pure hitter is throughout the system? It's no question. still Luis Urias. You know, it's kind of funny to me. There's some aspects of the Padres nation out there that seem to be overly concerned or like, ah, oh, he's just a single series, not that good. He was the youngest player on opening day in the AA Texas League, 19 years old, hitting 320 with an 820-plus OPS uh, before he uh, went down with uh, an ankle injury there at the end of July. And this is a guy, you know, we talked to scouts. The straight-up quote was, this guy is the best position player in the Texas League, period. I mean, Luis Arias is an incredible, incredible hitter. Obviously, you know, again, the injury kind of sapped uh, a little bit of him. He had a little bit of a slump going into that, was just coming out of it when he hurt his ankle. Um, but again, this is the best hitter in the Padres system, best strike zone discipline, best bat-to-ball skills, best hand-eye coordination, best everything when it comes to, you know, kind of that pure hitting ability. And frankly, there's no one else in his realm, and he's one of the top five or six in all of minor league baseball. Yeah, I think it's important to note he's currently at over 400 on-base percentage, which is just insane, especially for a guy who's playing with so many players that are so far um, his senior in terms of age. I mean, he's, he's now just 20 years old. He's since turned 20. But, yeah, it's just insane what he's doing. Is there any guys you think are relatively close, or, or who would you name if, if Uri- Urias was somehow not in the system at all? Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, so it, it depends a little bit. When you say best, you know, the best hitting ability, the adjustments Fernando Tatis has made, now obviously small sample size at double A, which is a very, very aggressive jump for him aside, but his combination of his ability now to square up any pitch in the strike zone and his ability to lay off the pitches that he wants nothing to do with, it's improved him a lot. I mean, look, he's still nowhere near Luis Urias, and just purely in terms of pure hit, but I think he's a guy that, with the improvements he's made this year, he's elevated himself. I mean, before it was there's power, there's arm, there's good athletic actions. I don't know how the hit's going to be. With the adjustments he's made, 
there's a few evaluators out there that think you can now throw a potential plus hit on him, and he's one of the few guys in the Padres system where you could truly say that. Definitely fair. All right, let's bring uh, James in here. What do you think, James? I think Urias is definitely the, the clear-cut uh, hit tool. It, it, you know, listening to Kyle go over the, the, the hitters and, and kind of looking through the Padres uh, system, it's it's glaring and it's obvious that they have a uh, lack of of uh, position players, uh, particularly ones that aren't teenagers. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, there's some decent young players down there. There's a uh, uh, Jason Rosario who, who eventually might be a decent, uh, have a decent hit tool, but I mean, he's, he's very, no, very long way away. And yeah, one he, issues, exactly. One of his issues is he needs to put on strength. He's very, very wiry. He has not looked great in the Arizona and uh, and rookie ball this year in Arizona. So, okay. I mean, again, he's a guy that the the deep the deep Padres fans might know, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we're talking. You know, pros- people seem to argue prospects for the sake of arguing prospects. The entire <laughs> point of all this is contributing in the major leagues. Period. That's yes, the entire yes, point of all this. And exactly. from that perspective, you know, put Jason Rosario out of your mind for now, just because okay. he's got so many steps he needs to take to even be in the realm of possibility of ever contributing to the major leagues in terms of what he needs to do physically and just some of the steps back he's taken this year. You know, he's 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 extremely, extremely long way away. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, Tirso Ornelas, if you have any on him as well. Yeah, you know, he's a guy that really, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, when you go through and talk to evaluators, he's a guy when you say, hey, you know, who's some of the guys that have really jumped out to you that, you know, maybe you didn't have a great sense on before. And Tirso Ornelas is a guy that has come up multiple times. Um, But again, that's more power than overhead. He's, you know, left-handed, big power, corner bat. I mean, it's, he's not going to be, you know, playing center field, stealing 30 bags, and he's certainly not going to be hitting, you know, 300 in the big leagues. But there's left-handed power, and uh, he's really, really young, uh, even Mm -hmm. by the standards of what's out there in Arizona. You know, he's a guy, frankly, that you talk to evaluators, and he gets a lot more favorable reports than Jason Rosario, even though that Rosario's, you know, the more athletic center field potential player. So we'll see. I mean, Tirso Nels is a good player to keep an eye on, but again, that's a that's a player at least five years away. Yeah, I mean, the farm system is, is, is just riddled with players like that. I mean, another one that I'd like to talk about is, is Jerry Ruiz, who they just acquired from the Royals. Um, I know he's not particularly considered a huge uh, hitting prospect, but overall across the board, I think he has pretty decent numbers. Um, any thoughts no, on he, him? I mean, he is considered an offensive prospect. I mean, he definitely is considered a guy that, you know, the ability he's shown with the bat this year is is very, very promising. Again, he's a teenager in the AZL, but I think of all the guys down there, talk about pure hit. You know, Jordy Barley has shown some thump with the bat that some people have been impressed with. Uh, we saw Luis Almanzar and Gabriel Arias both move up a little bit. Almanzar is a bat-first player. Arias, uh, the bat came along faster than the Padres expected. Uh, you know, of all the guys in Arizona, I mean, Ruiz is probably the one with the the best pure hitting ability. Um, and he's, you know, the Padres have moved some guys pretty quickly. We saw they have no no uh, no reservations about pushing 18-year-olds to Fort Wayne. Ruiz might be next year's, you know, version of that. I mean, we saw, I'm not saying it's Fernando Tatis, but we saw Tatis and Potts and Jack Zawinski and Egai Rosario and a lot of these really, really young guys. Rosario was 17. Uh, I think we could see Esteri Ruiz be one of those guys who's pushed to Fort Wayne next year at 18. Nice. Um, well, let's move on to, to the best power uh, prospect. Uh, you know, I think 
Naylor Ona are probably going to top the, this list, but give me uh, your best uh, Padre prospect as far as raw power and in-game power. So that's where there's the big difference. Raw power, it is Josh Naylor. He'll still show you that 70 raw power that evaluators are waiting on him to be able to get to, and that's been one of the big questions with him. He's shown some good hand-eye coordination. He's shown some decent timing. He's shown good bat speed. You saw him you know, get to Michael Kopech's 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the Futures game and pull it hard. I mean, there's no question there's all that there with him. He's very limited, though, in his ability to actually uh, drive the ball in the air in game situations. He can do it on fastballs above the belt, but you work him low and you throw him some off-speed stuff, he'll make contact, but he hasn't yet figured out how to drive and elevate that stuff consistently. So right now, you know, Josh Naylor does get the... uh, the plot up for best raw power in the system. You know, best game power, to be honest, you're probably talking Tatis again. I mean, this is a guy you talk to evaluators, they're throwing plus hit above average to plus power and likely likely plus power with him just because you see so much leverage, you see good timing, you see the extension, even though he's not, you know, I mean, when it comes to games, He's the one that's hitting the ball, you know, 420, 430 feet onto the concourse most consistently, not Naylor. You know, Onya can do it, but Tatis does it better and more frequently. Um, There's really a sense that Fernando Tatis, when it comes to power in games, which is really all that matters, he's the guy there now. That's definitely uh, uh, something I'm in agreement with. Um, Next up, I want to talk who you think the fastest runner is. And if you want to make the distinction, you can also talk about best base runner if you think there's uh, two different answers there. What are your thoughts? You know, Michael Geddes is a guy that still can fly. I think that he's a guy that not a lot of people think about just because so much of his offense has fallen off, and that's the big question with him. But when you talk about tooled-up players, I mean, he's still a guy that will show you plus run times easy. You know, sometimes he'll flash a double-plus. Um, and that's, you know, he can do that with base stealing instincts. Um, are there some fast guys down at the lower levels? Yes, no question about it. But when you're talking about guys who are, you know, true prospects, even with his hitting struggles, and able to translate that speed into game situations, because again, running a 60 time is great, but if you can't get out of the box and you don't have good turns on the bases, your times aren't going to be great. And again, that's where it really counts, game situations when you're running the bases. You probably do have to give the edge to Gettys right now. Spe- speaking of Gettys, do you see any, I guess, realistic way he can turn this around? I mean, his seasons just look so bad compared to the good steps he took last year, and he was obviously improving a bit at the plate, and now he's kind of seemed to take a step backward this year. So, what are your Well, he needs to get back to what he was. I mean, uh, there's a number of people in the Padres organization I've spoken with that are not very happy with him. Mm -hmm. He's basically come out here and bought into all the launch angle stuff and just tried to become this huge uppercut swinger trying to hit a home run every at-bat. And he's not good enough of a hitter to really do that yet, which what I mean by that is that natural feel for the barrel, understanding Mm -hmm. of what pitchers are doing to him. So as a result, he's lunging out in front all the time, this huge uppercut swing, just swing and missing all the time. He does get on hot stretches, but then he inevitably falls back into all his bad habits. I remember being uh, <laughs> watching him at a game, and some Potters officials were nearby, and they were just they were cursing under their breath, watching him swing and miss wildly with this uppercut. Just they're not very happy with him. So he needs to get back to what he does best, which is you know get that back stretch back in there, wait back on it just use his natural athletic gifts to put the bat to the ball, drive it to the gaps, and run wild. He's trying to be this big home run guy, and that's not him. That's not ever going to be him. Um, but 
talking to evaluators, there is a sense he has a major league role because if you look at his splits, he's hitting lefties a lot better. Take into account his defense, his arm, his speed, and you say, okay, if he can do that and hit lefties well, you at least have a possible platoon option. Yeah, Gettys is, is definitely frustrating for, for Padre fans. I mean, he's still 21. Uh, you, you'd like to see the progression, but, you know, he'll be 22 once uh, next season rolls around. It's it's going to be tough for him to, to make the, the proper adjustments because he, he just seems lost at the plate. I mean, you, you alluded to it. His, his whole batting stance just seems off, and he's going to have to take heart and going to have to Really, some of it's out mental and... with him. He's got okay. he's got to recognize and understand what he is and who he is and how he can be best. If he keeps trying, if he keeps if he doubles down on what he's doing now, he's never going to get out of Double A. Hope be released before he gets out of Double A. But yeah, if he I... can go back and figure out what he was doing last year, which again, you know, let the you know the home run power would come naturally just when he you know put a good swing on it, choose a good pitch to hit, let his natural strength and athleticism let the ball carry. He had some home runs, but now he's trying to be this big uppercut swinger. It's not going to yeah. work for him. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a uh, he's definitely a work in progress. Um, I'd love to get a shout out to Frenchy Cordero, who's really impressed me with the speed that he's had. I know he's hanging on to his prospect status, but he's someone who's who's you know I didn't really regard him as a fast uh, player, but uh, seeing him play for the Padres, he's uh, he's has some he can fly. Uh, wheels. Yeah, he's no, got he some can wheels. fly, and and that's. You know, and that's really the when uh, he went up and they did the uh, sprint speed uh, that uh, MLB's baseball savant put out. I think we all knew Franchi Cordero was fast, but when you saw it boiled down to that, I mean, this yeah. was a guy who could fly. And you know, you say that, and, and it's one of those things where I think, you know, truthfully, and that that's my bad. I, I do think you do have to give Franchi Cordero the edge and speed. Uh, to Michael Getty's just seeing, okay. you know, he's a long stride guy. I mean, that's one of the yes, things with Franchi Cordero. You know, it's these big, long strides, and you add in the fact that, you know, he moves pretty quick, covers a lot of ground in a short time, and we've seen that demonstrated at the major league level. So it's probably a good call. If I were to go back in time, I'd actually probably would have given the edge to French Cordero over Michael Geddes. I was thinking of the young guys in the system and fell into that trap Padres fans do yeah. where they're forgetting yeah. about all the, the, the upper-level <laughs> talent because they're super exactly. excited about the teenagers down below. Yeah, and, and he's just he's just barely holding on to his prospect status, which will probably be gone uh, come September. But you know, he's definitely worth noting. Um, let's move on into the strongest arm, and I'm sure Michael Geddes will get some. Uh, it's still here it's still well. Geddes. I okay, mean, that's okay. again there, and there's that's yeah, that's a, that's a no no question. Yeah. All right, moving on from that, uh, <laughs> best defender, I guess, in that same vein, uh, outfield or infield. Uh, let's go both. Let's start with outfield. I know Gettys maybe have some some consideration there. And again, it actually is Michael Gettys. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, yeah, is, is, I mean, again, Buddy, this guy's incredibly tooled up. Um, you know, Buddy Reed. It's interesting. Yes. He's okay, he he's very very good. He's not great going on balls over his head, and that's okay. one area Gettys has him. Gettys, okay. in terms of some of the ability to cover laterally coming in, Buddy Reed's got you know everything Michael Gettys Gettys does. Gettys is better going back on balls. That's come in pretty consistently from evaluators. So, you know, the tools are probably a little equivalent. Gettys is just better on that kind of very, very important aspect of playing center field. Yeah, <laughs> I always say that Gettys is one of the toolsiest players in the system. And, I mean, you're, you're just kind of hitting He's that point He's probably the toolsiest. Yeah, He's I, probably, think I mean, you talk about guys who have, <laughs> you know, 2080 scouting scale, three-plus three tools on the car, and Michael Gettys is one of the few. Mm-hmm. And he might be the he might be the only one, you know, arm, speed, defense, 
all 60s to 70s if you want to be really gracious with him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a guy that very, very few organizations you know have. But if the hit is a 20 or a 30, which it has been, it doesn't do you any good. So yeah, if he can learn it at all, man, that's going to be a, a scary player. <laughs> and that's why last year, you know, he was such a scary player. Yeah, I feel like they're going to give him every chance to succeed given the tools. I mean, he's going to have every opportunity to figure this out over the next few years. Um, what about best infielder then, since we're making that distinction? You know, it has become Javier Guerra. And it was interesting. Last year, he had the most skills, but he was not a good defender. He was mm-hmm. a flashy defender. He'd make mm-hmm. the fantastic play, and he was downright careless with the routine ones. You saw horrendous footwork. You saw inconsistent arm slot. I mean, the guy made 30 plus 30 errors, and there were at least 10 more that were saved by uh, first baseman snagging some wild throws, preventing them from going into the stands. So what you've seen with Javier Guerra now is a much better commitment to his footwork, to his arm slot. And, you know, watching him play defense this year, I went into Elsinore and saw him for a bit and have kept checking in on it. He's a million times better than he was last year. I mean, last year, Javier Guerra, the Javier Guerra that was playing in the eyes of evaluators, was a non-prospect. He's too unreliable in the field and was horrendous at the plate. The guy that showed up this year, you'll hear evaluators say, he has a chance to get to the majors because of his defense. He improved his defense defensive reliability to the point now where it's playable. Before it was flashy, it was highlight reel, but it was unplayable on an everyday basis because he killed his pitchers. Now, since he shored that up, he really truly has become the best defender in the system, both in terms of raw ability and reliability. He still makes errors. Everyone does, but he's in a much better place than he was last year. Nice. Have you heard anything about Gabriel Arias, Arias, who I've heard uh, raving reviews as far as defense? I've heard uh, a lot of people uh, talk about him. And he's he's right there behind Guerra. I mean, Gabriel Arias is a guy that was signed because of his defensive prowess, was moved quickly because of his defensive prowess and his leadership uh, abilities. He earns learns he earns rave reviews for his ability to really kind of you know gather the international prospects and rally nice. them up and nice. and he's really that leader of that group that signed last year um yeah and the bats come around a little quicker than expected so i mean he's a guy that you know he was number four international prospect uh for ba last year he was highly touted for a reason and we're starting to see it come together i think you have to give javier guerra defensive edge now just because he's done a little bit longer he's still doing it at a higher mm-hmm. level where the ball comes off the bat quicker. The runners get down the line a little bit faster. So he's doing things at a little bit of a higher level. But, you know, when and if Javier Guerra graduates or moves on to another organization, uh, Gabriel Ayers is going to be right there. Or if Guerra falls back into his bad habits and starts getting lazy with his footwork and his yeah. approach to yeah. the ball and his, foot and his arm slot again, Arias is right there to take it over. Yeah, I know. Last year at the Padres Futures game, uh, Chris Kemp spoke uh, – Padres international scouting director spoke really highly of, of Arias, and uh, I was excited to see him come to the states. and, and He's done nothing but uh, impress, and it's good to hear that he has those intangibles, like the leadership qualities and stuff as well, because those are are definitely important when you're when you're coming from a different country and uh, and trying to play this game of baseball. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on into pitching and the best fastball on the Padres minor league system. Um, quickly, I think Michelle Baez will probably get a shout out. Uh, I would expect Munoz to be talked about, and possibly you know, it's, even... it is it is Michelle Baez, and okay. it's not just because it's it's ninety four ninety five touch ninety eight, 
there's room for more in there and almost, you know, it comes out of his hands so easy. And again, you have to remember what makes a great fastball, it's not just velocity. It's plain. It's the ability to command it. You can throw as hard as you want. At the end of the day, if you can't spot it or it's straight, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Michelle Bias throws it downhill from his six foot eight arm slot. There's times he still gets around it a little bit, but he's got some deception to it. He throws it with great angle. He spots it for the most part. I mean, it's the total package. It's Michelle Baez's velocity. It's you know, people talk about seventy fastball versus eighty fastball. It's an easy seventy fastball, and you can see it getting to an eighty pretty pretty easily, even if it's not technically touching a hundred miles an hour. It's all about how it plays and the way his fastball plays. That's that's one of the best fastballs in the minor leagues. Yeah, for sure. Out of out of the Padres uh, bullpen, uh, minor leaguers in the bullpen. Uh, anyone besides like a Gerardo Reyes uh, come to mind as far as a high velocity uh, reliever? Well, we've seen Trey Wingenter uh, tickle uh, get up near triple digits. I mean, this is okay. a guy who's six seven coming downhill, and uh, he's a guy that'll be in the Padres bullpen very very shortly. Nice, nice. Uh, that's, from... it's... Oh, go ahead, James. No, no, it's good to know. Uh, good to know that the Padres are full of. Uh, I've heard uh, some scout uh, comment to me that the Padres are just full of high velocity. Pitchers and it's really unreal that uh, a lot of people don't. A lot of people think that uh, you know ninety five pitchers are, are uh, a dime a dozen, and the Padres seem to have uh, monopolized uh, those arms. They've definitely done. You know, they've brought in a lot of arms, and that's one of the things you look at their system now. You could reasonably make the argument that ten of their top twelve prospects are pitchers. Maybe mm-hmm. even you could go as deep as you know thirteen of the top fifteen. You could legitimately make that argument. Um, and, you know, some of it are is those hard-throwing guys, but you also have guys like Lucchese and Lauer who are, le- you know, Logan Allen who, you know, can just spot everything and have a ridiculous, you know, out pitch in the form of either, a, you know, a changeup or a, or a curveball. And, you know, in Lauer's case especially, it's more about his command. So they've done a nice job. They do have those high-velocity arms, but they're not just relying on a bunch of 100-mile-an-hour flamethrowers. They actually have some guys who can pitch too, which makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, I think I know what the answer is going to be, but who has the best changeup in the system? Kyle Quantrill, and it's one of the best changeups in the minor leagues. That is the answer that I was expecting and looking for. Yeah. <laughs> any yeah. any, uh, any shout out to Chris Paddock because I've heard that, that his changeup was really remarkable. Yeah, no, well. it was, but you know, again, he's hurt, and that's one of those okay. things where you know guys like Chris Paddock and Erickson Espinosa when they're hurt. You know, you hope it all comes back the same. You don't really know. And I think people automatically assume Tommy John is something that pitchers bounce back from now, and they don't. You just hear about yeah. the success stories. And the guys who exactly. don't make it back don't get highlighted. So I think, you know, for Chris Paddock, if it comes back, yeah, it's a remarkable changeup. That is, um, you know, some scouts were throwing 60s on it. Others did put 70s on it, but Quantrill's a consistent 70. So, you know, even when Chris Paddock is is right, Cal Quantrill might still edge him out when his when he's throwing his best changeup. There have been times over the course of the year where it's flattened out a little bit on him, but again, he's coming off Tommy John. The the command is still coming back, and we saw it get a little bit better as the year has gone on. Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's move into a slider changeup. Um, who has the best? Uh, slider and changeup. Uh, I don't know if we want to do each or, or maybe just one particular off-speed pitch. Yeah. Uh, well, so I want to start the changeup. It's um, well, you mentioned changeup is is Cal Quantrill. Um, yeah, I, think I think you meant slider curveball, curve right, James? Yes, I, I, I yeah. changed my pet. Yeah, I meant slider curve. 
Yeah, so uh, the curveball is, is Jacob Nix. Uh, it's a pitch that will come. It's a power curve. It'll get up to 82. Uh, it's got some big drop. He can really, really make it spin. And we've seen him drop it uh, both in the zone and use it as a chase pitch. Uh, it's interesting. One of the things that's come up actually talking to managers and coaches and part of the reason he hasn't been as successful as the stuff might seem like he should be. They talked about his curveballs is so good. He kind of messes around with it when he's just attack hitters with the fastball. And all of a sudden, you know, he gets behind and he has to throw a fastball in there and the hit and you know, the batter knows it's coming and is able to whack it. So uh, Jacob Nick's curveball is, is the best in the system. You know, the slider's interesting. Uh, it was Denilson Lament. Obviously, he's graduated. Yeah. We're seeing just how well that slider plays in the major leagues. You know, that's one of those... <sighs> right now, hmm. Now there's a couple of good candidates. Um, let me, I'm going to have to get back to you. You might have to wait for the handbook for that one because okay, we, have, yeah. we have reports on some of, the, some, of their, some of their sliders, but... Sure, there's uh-huh. some other guys out there who are developing some nasty ones. I, I think Michelle Baez has shown you an above average to plus slider. It's not consistent yet, but he's definitely shown the makings of it. By the way, I actually do want to go back to curveball real quick. The other guy that's in line with Jacob Nix is Pedro Avila in Fort yes. Wayne. He has a yes. nasty, nasty yes. hammer, and that's one that that will be interesting as we move into this offseason and really bear down, you know, which one is better? Is it a tie? Do you give the edge to one over the other? I, I think that that actually might be the most fun, best tool discussion that comes up. Pedro Avila versus Jacob Nix curveball. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That is a good one. What are your uh, thoughts on Avila overall? I know when he was originally acquired, he was kind of just seen as like a, a throw-in type piece, like a lottery ticket. Uh, what, do, what do you think he's done to, I guess, improve his stock this year, and, and what's the outlook going forward? So he's still – one of the things that was interesting about Avila was he moved fast. You know, he mm-hmm. signed with the Nationals, and even though he wasn't one of their big money signees, he moved a lot quicker than a lot of the other guys. And that's something to always watch. Watch player movement because no farm director or scout's going to say, oh, this guy isn't very good. Just watch the movement, and that'll tell you who's better than, uh, than, than some of the other guys. And Avila's always moved quickly. Speaking to evaluators this year, um, they like him. They think he's a major leaguer, but I think Padres fans might be getting a little overexcited in the sense that Avila is really kind of a a fifth starter swingman type um, in terms of just how they project him. A lot of comparisons actually to Ronald Herrera, former Padres prospect, who reached the majors with the Yankees this year. Um, You know, fastball sits, you know, 91-92, will touch a 94. He's got that really good curveball. He's competes he's poised he's competitive uh, but he's a smaller dude and the fastball velocity is going to be a little short in the context of the major leagues right now so he's a guy that look anytime you're talking about your fifth or sixth best you know potential pitching prospect in low a is still a big leaguer that's great um and i think pedro avila is a, a very very good prospect in that sense he will be a top 30 guy in the system but right now, I think just with some of the big numbers he's put up, expectations about what his future holds have gotten a little out of whack. Definitely fair. Um, so moving on, best control of any pitcher in the Padres system? Joey Lucchese. No questions asked. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, throws any pitch for a strike and does it with that crazy deceptive delivery he's got. Um, you see it in his strikeout-to-walk numbers. You see it in his first pitch striker numbers. This is a guy who takes stuff, you take deception, you take control. Uh, and this guy is is a really good pitcher that not enough people are talking about. 
I was going to throw in yeah. command too, but I think you already answered my question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lucchese has just been uh, unbelievable. I mean, he's maintaining a, a two ERA. Uh, he's under two at AA. He's even actually improved on his numbers since since this uh, promotion. So it, it's it, it's. I know you're a big Lucchese fan. Uh, it's exciting to see see players like that get the call up aggressively and, and to perform. I mean, Lauer and Quantrill have had a little bit of a rough stretch here and there, but but both of them have, have performed well in AA as well. Um, you know, overall, let's talk about that missions team a little bit. They're just, they're stacked right now. Um, in, in a year from now, uh, one calendar year from now, 12 months, do you see a Lauer, a uh, Lucchese, a Quantrill possibly knocking on, on the door uh, of the Major League roster or, or even already in the roster? I think you'll see Quantrill and Lucchese there next year in the Major Leagues, no question about it. Okay. Lauer is going to be interesting. Um, this is the second year in a row now. The reports on Lucchese have been better than the ones on Lauer. You talk to evaluators around the game, and they'll tell you either it's a tie for them or they give the edge to Lucchese. The thing with Lauer is he's throwing 87 to 90 miles an hour. He can reach back. The Padres have set, said he can reach back and touch 94. No one has ever actually seen it. Uh, you'll say, you'll hear he can got, got back and touch a 92. Um, doesn't breaking ball doesn't have a lot of shape, a lot of finish to it. It's got shape, but not a lot of finish. Changeup's a good pitch, not a great pitch. I mean, you're talking about a guy who really is relying on his command. You know, pitch in and out, change eye levels, and in that sense, you know, the guys who do that, it's it's not a great profile for major league success. Um, I think with him, it's going to be interesting to see if the Padres, you know, because one of the things you watch with him is as he's throwing the 87 to 90. He's doing it easy. You, there's more in there, and I'll be interested to see if the Padres talk to him about ramping it up a little bit, getting it to a point where if that 87 to 90 starts becoming 89 to 92, maybe it's a little more feasible. But for the most part, there's a lot of skepticism that what Eric Lauer does will allow him to be successful at higher levels. Uh, we saw him really struggle initially at Double A. He's bounced back with a couple of decent starts. There's just such a small margin of error for him. You know, he doesn't have Lucchese stuff. He certainly doesn't have Quantrill stuff. Um, if his command is not pinpoint, and, and it, to his credit, it is more often than not, but if it's not pinpoint, he's in trouble. And, you know, over the course of 32 starts in the major leagues, if, he ha- if, if it's not on for, you know, three starts here, three starts there, all of a sudden you're talking about 10, 12, 14 starts where... He's a liability. You can't have that. So I think right now with Eric Lauer, you're, you're going to see hopefully a little bit of an uptick in his uh, velocity based on his effort level in terms of what he's doing out there on the mound. That's come out, you know, multiple evaluators to say if he is what he is now, I don't know what he is. Maybe you can stick him as a five and maybe you can long man him out of the bullpen. But unless there's more, his upside is pretty limited. Uh, I had one last question I wanted to hit you with before we get you out of here. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of any any player you think is going to, I guess, rocket up the rankings this next year? Or so, say twelve months from now, what, what's one guy who maybe we're not talking about now that you think could push himself into the, the top thirty or maybe even the top ten? Hmm. <laughs> you know, Yordi Barley down. Uh, he's he's a guy that's you know been a bat first uh, bat first uh, shortstop that's come out of the international class. Uh, his shortstop play has been very erratic. It needs a lot of uh, fine tuning. 
But you see a guy that young with a, with his offensive potential can play in the middle infield. If he shores that up, he's a guy that's that's going to be very interesting to watch moving forward. Nice. He's he's a, a pretty fast too, from what I recollect. He's a a speed. He's a good athlete. Guy. I mean, I mean, there's a lot to like there, but. You know, again, the words you hear from him defensively are erratic, raw. Yeah. Um, you know, those are all things that, that can shore up with time and mm-hmm. often do, but they do need to shore up. If they don't ever shore up, yeah, it, 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 comp- it becomes a problem. But he's, yeah. he's, he's an interesting guy for sure. For sure. It's tough when you're talking about a, a 17-year-old that, you know, could go any, any direction at this point. It's all about, you know, how much he puts into the game and, and how much he is able to cultivate his, his talent. Um, you know, we never really talked too much about the 2017 draft. I don't think Gore got much of a mention at, at all in this podcast, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on like, a Mason House, uh, Camposano, uh, Hosma, some some of the uh, you know the the higher picks that the Padres made uh, with their their selection in 2017. Well, you have to remember this was a system that was very very light on catching. After you know Austin Hedges moved up to the majors, you're looking at mm-hmm. AJ Kennedy, Austin Allen, Marcus Green. Really, not a lot there. So they really dialed in on that. They saw Luis Camposano Bracero drafted him. Blake Hunt drafted him. Johnny Hosma, they brought him in for some workouts, tried him out behind the plate and said, we like this, made him a catcher. Mm-hmm. That was really the main focus. You know, After they got that premium talent with Mackenzie Gore, and that was a fantastic pick. A lot of teams that we spoke with had him as the number one player overall on the board uh, for the draft. I mean, that's a guy that potential front of the rotation left-hander, those are hard to come by. He's a high schooler, so the risk is incredibly high, but there's really, really big upside there. And then it became, okay, we have organizational weaknesses. What do we need to fill? Catching. Great. Let's grab three of them. Uh, you know, Mason House is, is a very, very promising outfielder. I think he's off, you know, he's a guy that, you know, again, high school outfielders picking that fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, sometimes you find some gems in there. More often than not, when they do click, it's more of a, you know, solid, big, solid average big leaguer, which is more than fine. If Mason House develops yeah. into that, the Padres will be very happy. Oh, it's uh, intriguing picks. I definitely like the catching picks. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Blake Hunt. He's he's really motivated. He seems like uh, you know he has those intangibles behind the plate, something that you want from a catcher, a leader, and, and you know it, it's we're just excited because this this Padre farm system, as you know, has never really looked this great and has never really had uh, anything to be I w- excited about. I wouldn't about. say that. I wouldn't say that. I think people need to go back, you know, 2014, the Potters BA organizational rankings, Potters had the sixth best farm system in the game. They just chose to tear it down. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I, that's I, something. I, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. They were highly ranked, but I don't think they had the depth that they do now, and especially on the international market. I mean, AJ Pearl has gone above and beyond in, in, in spending money and, and bringing in all these young kids. And, you know, it's 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 not an exact science, and and there's no way to know whether or not these kids are going to pan out. But it gives Padre fans something to look forward to because the major league team is just not delivering in in that regard. No question. Again, they brought in a lot of talented kids. You know, Chris Kemp and his staff have done a great job out there. Um, you know, a lot of the scouts who have been uh, been active, uh, you know, within the Padres uh, system for years now have really, really, you know, been energized by. Uh, the amount of resources that have been poured into scouting and player development. And there's no question they've brought in a really good group of, of prospects beyond, you know, international, the draft. I mean, there's a lot of talent there and now it's just a matter of developing it and getting it to the big leagues and uh, hoping it all yields, uh, yields the fruit, which 
at the end of the day, wins in the big leagues is the, is the goal. So we'll see if it works out. Yep, definitely. Uh, Patrick, anything else for Kyle before we uh, let him go? No, I think we covered just about every player that we possibly could. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we pretty much uh, at least hit a little bit on, on almost all, all the Padres' top prospects. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much again. Oh, my pleasure. Always happy to join. Thank you, Kyle. Have a good one. Everyone check out Baseball America and the great stuff that Kyle is doing over there. It's, uh, it's a fantastic site and, and definitely well worth your time. Uh, Patrick... Thank you for coming up with this idea. It was uh, was intriguing uh, listening to Kyle kind of give you a reality check on, on some of the players and, and, and discussing uh, a lot of these Padre prospects. It's uh, It can be a little overwhelming uh, when you're a Padre fan and trying to make sense of, of, of what the uh, what the system is full of. Yeah, I think it was fun just to take a different look at prospects and kind of see them just in a tool sort of light rather than just like what they're going to be or what they are now. I think it's a little more fun to look at it that way. I mean, we, we obviously gave Michael Gettys a little more attention than he would probably get otherwise. So it's good to hear those other yeah. names, guys you kind of overlook because they're not either producing right away or they're not producing the way they were in the past, or maybe they're just getting overlooked by other guys. So it's nice to get um, some of the other players, some attention as well. For sure. For sure. I was surprised that uh, Gore was not mentioned uh, in the slider or curveball talk or even the changeup talk. Cause uh, apparently his off speed stuff is, 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 a, is definitely a plus, but you know, it, it's, it's tough. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a matter of opinion and, there, and it's just, it's exciting seeing this farm system. I mean, I, I just keep saying it because I'm looking over the top 30 list right now, and it's just it's it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, he's 18, so he's got plenty of time to push himself into that conversation. And I think he definitely will over the next year or two. Uh, but yeah, there's just, sure. there's so much depth there. There's all these young guys who aren't even on the list yet, or or maybe aren't even performing really yet because they're 17, 18, 19 years old. I mean, there's just so much to look forward to, and I feel like a broken record every time we talk, but. Yeah, it's just, no it's what it is. <laughs> hey, we gotta hype what we want, what we can. We can't say, "Hey, look at the Padres; they're they duking suck. it out for fourth place." <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it is what it is, and, and this team is going to be exciting one day. And it already is in some aspects. It's, it's fun following these minor league players and seeing them develop. And and there has been a lot of development within this system. You can't argue that. Sure, there's been a little bit of regression, a little bit of injuries here and there, but that's uh, that's to be expected. It's, this is not an exact science. There's no way to predict who's going to perform and who's not and you know they are putting their best best foot forward and uh hopefully we will uh we will definitely become a contender in the near future yeah hopefully this all bears some fruit here soon <laughs> for sure for sure uh thank you again for kyle uh, to kyle for joining us uh today uh excellent podcast um i don't think we need to go any do anything else patrick anything else before we're out of here no i think we covered everything uh we're hosting on podbean you can give us a follow on there see all our new content uh we're also on apple Podcasts. give us a review on there that'd be greatly appreciated uh we're on twitter i'm patrick brewer 93 james is ebt underscore news ebt underscore j clark our podcast is at ebt podcast if you ever want to tweet us suggestions or topics feel free uh give us a follow on all our accounts stay tuned for more content over at eastvillagetimes.com every day we got pieces coming up uh last month of the season here last week of the minor league season uh, it's nitty gritty baseball time, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Thank you so much for the support, folks. Uh, East Village Times podcast signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.